friends. It's good to have you in church today. Hey, whether you're watching online, if you're in person, whether you're listening on Spotify, whatever it might be, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Susie, and I have the honor to be the preaching pastor here at God Squad Church. Let me tell you, here at our church, we're a bunch of weird, nerdy people, and we're proud in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. We're passionate about video games, passionate about playing games together, but most importantly, we are passionate about Jesus because we are thankful for the amazing things that he's done in our lives. Let me tell you something, if you're brand new, we're a bunch of just ordinary people who love video games, who Jesus has changed our lives, and because of it, we are thankful. You know, I get, I get the question all the time from people, well, Susie, how do you stay so joyful? How do you stay smiling so much? And I've even gotten DMs from people, Susie, what's it like to not have any problems? <laughs> Put some keg W's in the chat, friends, because here's the thing. Yes, as followers of Jesus, we want to be people of joy, we want to smile, but it doesn't mean that we don't have any problems. It doesn't mean that Christians don't endure hardship. It doesn't mean that we don't go through tough things. We've all got a list of things to be upset about, all of us. You may have had a tough week, whatever is going on in your life. A little sneak preview into my life. My, sis my sister-in-law almost died. My mother just had surgery because she might have cancer. Like, we have got issues going on, and that's just this week. Like all of us, we, we've got stuff going on. We've got a list of reasons to be upset about. But I don't know about you, but for me, the only thing bigger than my list of things to be upset about is my list of reasons to give God thanks. The fact that he saved me. The fact that he changed my life. The fact that I have absolutely no reason to deserving of myself to make it into heaven, but Jesus has saved me and forgiven me. I woke up with breath in my lungs this morning. I woke up in a bed while some people don't have that opportunity. I opened my eyes and they actually worked. I put my feet on the ground and my legs actually worked. I've got a list a mile long of reasons for me to give God thanks. And the reality is Christians aren't full of joy because our lives are absence of problems. Christians have joy because we've chosen to shift our focus off of the reasons we have to be upset. Well, we don't ignore those feelings. We process them. We have to face them. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset. But while you're doing those things, don't forget about the reasons that we have to thank God. Man, we gotta have some joy in church. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of a boring church. I want to laugh a little bit. I thought about maybe one of these weeks that's coming up in a cosplay and full-blown preaching a sermon, just dress up like some video game character. I don't know if it'd make you smile or be really distracting. I haven't really decided yet, but I want to have fun in church, people. I want to smile a little bit. I want to have some joy. That's why I like to dance in a penguin suit. I know it's insane. I know it is the craziest thing you've ever seen, but it makes people laugh. Laughter is good for the soul. And in church and as a community, we've got to have some joy. And so I know you've had a tough week. I know that coming around the corner, this might be a first holiday that you'll spend without a loved one. I know you've got things going on. But here's what I want to do today. I want to shift our focus on to 10 reasons that we have to thank God. I want to shift our focus. There are so many reasons that we have to give him praise. We have so many reasons. But I feel God speaking to me this week. I want you to focus on 10 reasons you have to thank God. Shift our focus off of the difficulties of life, and on to the goodness of God. We're not here to talk about the goodness of a preacher. We're not here to talk about the goodness of a community. We're here to talk about the goodness of God, the fact that he has saved us, he transformed us, and I want to focus our attention around these 10 reasons that we have to thank God. First one, I want to thank God that he is holy. Now, this is a word that might be maybe new to some people, maybe didn't grow up in church, maybe not familiar with the term, uh, the term terminology, 
holy, but holy in a very, very simple way to understand is morally perfect. A very, very simple way to understand that God is perfect. He has no fault. He has no error. He is perfect. Now, this word can be misunderstood because it can give Christians a bad rap because people can think that Christians just think they're super holy and better than everybody else. And I want to tell you some people, for me, I'm not a Christian because I'm better than you. I'm a Christian because, honestly, I think I'm probably worse than you. I've sinned, I've fallen short, and I'm deeply aware of my need for Jesus. I'm deeply aware that he is perfect, and I am not. And I need him to change me. I need him to transform me. Hi, my name is Matt Souza, and I've sinned. I've fallen short. I've done wrong. I'm not better than you, but Jesus is better than all of us. And I need his mercy. I need his grace because he is holy, and I'm trying to become more like Jesus. You know, we've heard a lot of preachers throw on the term, you know, there's nothing that God can't do, hallelujah. People get all Pentecostal, they get all excited. There's nothing that God can't do. And I get the incentive of why people say that. They mean like, hey, there's no mountain God can't climb. There's nothing too hard for God. And that'd be true. But of course there are things God can't do. God can't lie. God can't disappoint you. God can't fail you. He can't cheat. He can't do anything wrong because he is holy perfect in all of his ways. He keeps all of his promises. And I've come to tell somebody today, we got to thank him that he is holy. But the word holy is really, really kind of misunderstood, not talked about a lot in Christian world today. So I want to take you way back into a temple that some people would call the holy of holies. You're going to see a picture on the screen. And back in the Old Testament, back in the old days, at the beginning of the Bible, there would be a temple that people would go to if they wanted to connect and talk with God. It wasn't like it is today where we can just be in church and we can just pray and we can have conversation with God. There was this temple that you see, and obviously the temple has a huge piece cut out of it just for illustration purpose so we can see in the building, but obviously that huge gap wouldn't normally be there. You'd walk in the front, which is the left side of the picture, and you'd walk through this temple, and you'd see kind of maybe three quarters on the right there. You kind of see this red curtain, and again, that has a gap opening in it so you can see what's through it. But normally that curtain would be from floor to ceiling all the way to the top, very, very tall, and behind that curtain was known as what's called the Holy of Holies. And in that would be the Ark of the Covenant, which held very symbolic, important items from the Old Testament, like the two tablets where Moses wrote the Ten Commandments, some other things. But this was a very special place. This is what was known where the presence of God was. But the reality is, because you and I are imperfect, In the Old Testament, we couldn't step in and just try to have conversation with a perfect God. We were too dirty to step into his holiness. So there was a whole process you needed to go through where these priests on a certain day, they'd have to do this whole ritual to try to make themselves clean. Now, not morally clean, but ritually clean. It was this whole process. And then after all that, they could get through this curtain. And that was how people understood God. He's holy, and I'm dirty. And I'm not allowed to go into his presence. I'm not allowed to talk or be near him unless I do all these things to, quote, unquote, get my act together. But then there was a prophet years later by the name of Isaiah who had a very, very specific vision from God. And I want to read this verse to you, Isaiah 6, 5 to 7. He says, woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips. I am a sinner. I've done wrong, and I live among other sinful people. I live among humanity, also people of unclean lips. 
And my eyes have seen the king, being God, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim, being an angel, flew to me with a live coal. Now in the Bible, coal, a lot of times fire, represents something that purifies, removes the blemishes, and purifies us. And he says, it came to hit me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. Now check this. With it, touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. You see, there's this common mentality that many of us have, even in our relationships. Well, I'm dirty, and if I come near you, I'm going to get my dirtiness on you. Well, I'm going to keep my relationships at an arm's length because you seem like you've got your life all together. I don't want to come in and screw it up. People that come near me end up getting hurt. People that come near me end up being broken. People that come near me end up having all of these different problems. People that come and associate with me, I end up getting my dirtiness all over them. But for one of the first times we see in Scripture that Isaiah didn't make the coal dirty, the coal made him clean. One of the reasons we need to thank Jesus for being holy is because we see Jesus coming on the scene in the New Testament, and Jesus, he had, he had a, a whole lifestyle of walking around and healing people. He had a whole lifestyle of talking with people who were different than him, talking with people who the world would have considered dirty. He even talked with people who had what's called leprosy. Leprosy was a skin disease that if you were to be around people that had leprosy, they would get their leprosy on you. But because Jesus is holy, when he was around lepers, they didn't make him dirty. He made them clean. So the reason we need to thank God for his holiness, I need you to catch this, is no matter what you've done in your life, no matter who you are, when you come to Jesus, your dirtiness doesn't make him dirty. His holiness makes you clean. And I don't know about you, but it's not very often that I remember to thank God for the fact that he's holy. I want to thank God for him being so perfect that I don't bring him down. He brings me up. He changes me, transforms me. His cleanliness, his holiness makes me clean. And I've come to tell somebody today, you're afraid to begin a relationship with God because you think he'll never accept you the way that you are. You're afraid to begin a relationship with God because you think you've done so much wrong. He wants nothing to do with you. God knows everything you've ever done, and he loves you. And today I want to encourage you, allow his holiness to make you clean. Don't think that your dirtiness will dirty him. He is so holy, it can't be done. He wants to purify you. He wants to save you. And I want you to remember in your day-to-day to thank God that he's holy, that he changed you. Second thing we have to thank God for is that he is all-knowing. Some of you might not know, but there is an attribute about God called omniscience. This means he knows everything. He knows all things. So if you're hurting today, he knows your situation. He knows your pain. He knows the things you're dealing with. He knows the confusion you have about next steps for your life. He knows you're trying to figure some things out. He knows that you're mad at some people who've hurt you. He knows all of it. He knows every little detail of your life. Read Luke 12, 7 with me. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. He knows every detail of your life. Now, for some of you, that's so encouraging that God knows every little thing about you. For some of you, it's terrifying. Because if you're like me, I've got some things in my life that I hope most people never find out about. I've got some things in my life that I don't talk about on a first date. 
I've got some things in my life that I'd rather most people don't know because only my friends and family knows because they know me and understand me. But if people know the past that I've lived, they know all the deeds of my life, they'll think a little bit differently. There are things that I'm not proud of. I'm a sinner. I've fallen short. And God knows every single one of those details. He knows your deep, dark secrets. He knows the sins you've committed. He knows what you were doing on your second monitor before church this morning. He knows everything you do. But read that verse again. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I know every detail of your life. But don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I love how the Bible just puts these two verses together. I know the worst things about you, but don't be afraid. I still love you. I don't know about you, but I want to thank God that he knows me and still loves me. Knows me and still loves me. Knows the things that I don't want anyone else to know. He knows them. And that's a reason for me to thank God. Number three, I want to thank God because he's a purpose giver. This question is asked so often. What am I here for? I mean, I'm just trying to figure out my purpose so I can make a difference. I just want to actually ask God, and I want God to tell me, God, what do you want to do in my life so I don't sit around wasting it away? I want to do something that has meaning. And I've come to tell every single one of you today, God could have created you with no purpose, but he didn't. He created all of you with a specific purpose for your life. I know you're trying to figure out what that is. I'm still trying to figure out the next steps in my life. And it's not like this God told me one thing and then I'm set for the rest of my life. There are seasons that are always changing. We're always trying to figure it out. But in every season, remember, he's a purpose giver. He's given you a purpose for your life. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, even in the confusing things, even in the hard things, even in the difficult things, God is working out all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I know that you feel you might not have many gifts. I know that some of you might not feel like you have many talents. I know that some of you are in a season of confusion. Some of you are trying to figure out, what in the world am I going to do with my life? I've come to tell you, you've got to be thankful. He's a purpose giver. He has given you a purpose. He has given you a destiny. He has not forgotten about you. It's not that everyone else is kind of figuring it out and you got nothing. He will show you the way. And I know that it's difficult. But keep praying, keep seeking God. But you got to thank him today that he was created you with a purpose. He didn't use a cookie cutter. He didn't just create us, oh, I'll just kind of make this person and we'll figure out what happens. I'll throw a little bit of this ingredient there, throw that ingredient there. No, no, no. He took his time. The Bible says he, he knit you together in your mother's womb. The quirky things about you, the fact that you have a weird obsession with penguins. Yeah, yeah, he made you with some things for a purpose. Nobody ever thought that my obsession with penguins would reach a lot of people, but it does. Come on, somebody. <laughs> there are things about you that God did on purpose. He created you with a purpose. He's a purpose giver. Thank him for it every day of your life. I, God, am thankful today that I have a purpose. Next thing we're going to thank you for, come on, somebody, put it in the chat. He is a way maker. Come on, somebody, put the word way maker. I'm going to type it in the chat. Thank God that he is a way maker. Here's the deal. I want to invite you to something super special. We've got a special event coming up in just a few weeks, our yearly fundraiser. I think it's actually misspelled the way maker. Praise God. But here's the deal. We've got a way maker event coming up in just a few weeks, December 6th through the 10th. And here's the deal. This is our annual fundraiser that we do every year. 
so that we can continue to be financially supported for the next 12 months. So God has given us vision for 2022 on how our church can continue to reach more and more gamers, moving in new directions, bringing new things. And I know you might be wondering, well, what are those things that we're going to be doing in 2022? Mark your calendars. The Saturday before Waymaker Week, Vision Saturday, December 4th, our lead team has been praying and thinking and strategizing and asking God, God, what do you want our church to do in 2022 to reach more gamers and more people than ever before? And we are ecstatic to be able to bring you in on the vision that God is doing next year. So I'm going to tell you, December 4th, don't miss out. Hear about that vision. And then all week long uh, throughout Waymaker Week, you're going to get a chance to be able to sow a financial gift, to be able to give financially to help that reality, uh, that dream become a reality. So I want to encourage you especially if you consider God's Squad Church home. Be taking some time to think and talk with your family. What is the financial gift that we are going to bring to Waymaker Week? Maybe it's going to be me starting to give on a monthly basis to God's Squad Church, trusting my finances for the first time. Maybe you feel God, if you are able, is calling you to increase your monthly giving. Or maybe you're already tapped out giving monthly giving, and you want to be able to say, you know what? I want to bring a one-time gift to help support 2022. Or maybe you absolutely can do nothing financially. Would you be praying? Come support. Come hang out. There's going to be some shenanigans. You're going to get a lot of joy that week. You're going to laugh a little bit. We just finished up the schedule. It's going to be a good time. But I want to encourage you, join us on Waymaker Week. But Waymaker Week, all of it is really inspired by this thought right here, that God makes a way where there is no way. That when people thought it would be impossible to do church on Twitch, online only, reaching gamers to talk about Jesus while clicking on people's faces video games, they said it's not possible. But then God made a way where there is no way. And we take it from this verse right here. Isaiah 43, 16 and 19, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, referencing the story of Moses, when they literally walked through the sea. I don't know about you, but when I get to a sea, one of the options I have of where to go is left or right. Like, straight's not a thing. Like, hey, where should we go, God? Just go straight. Like, what do you mean? There's no way to go straight. I'm looking at a sea, but then God made a way where there is no way. Who drew out of the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together. And they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Verse 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am making a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Put verse 18 back up. Verse 18 back up. Because here's how people read this verse all the time. And I've said this before. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. And that's true. Don't think about all the bad things that have happened in your life. Stop dwelling about the negative things. But just before we read that verse where it says don't dwell on the past, we just read a story about a miracle. God just split the sea. He did something supernatural. He made a way where there is no way. And then he says, now forget about that. I want to do a new thing. I'm a way maker. And I didn't just do it once. I'm going to do it again. Whatever it is that you need God to do in your life, he doesn't just do a miracle in the past. He wants to make a way again. He wants to keep on providing. He wants to keep on sustaining. He wants to keep on healing. He continues to make a way where there is no way. Even when the bank said, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. God says, there's something I can do for you. Even when the doctor says, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. God says, I can do something for you. I make a way where there is no way. And I promise you, in your life, there are going to be moments when you're confronted with a sea right in front of you. 
and there's going to be no way to go. And God will make a way for you right through that sea. And I want to tell you, if God's done something for you in the past, keep thanking him for it, but thank him in advance that he's about to bring another miracle around the corner. Thank him every day. He's a way maker. God, I don't even know what my next miracle is, but I know you're going to bring it. I don't even know what the next provision you're going to do for me is. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know who you are, and you're a way maker, which means, God, I thank you in advance that you're going to do it again. You're going to bring another one. You're going to provide again. You're going to sustain again. You're going to heal again. You're going to give me joy again. You're going to give me new purpose for this season. You gave me purpose for that season, but now this one's different. Thank you, God, you're going to do it again. And I want to encourage you, thank him for it. Thank him for it. Thank him for all the things he's done in your life. Thank him for the fact that he is holy, that he's all-knowing, that he's a purpose giver. Thank him that he's a way maker and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Fifth thing we need to thank God for, he's patient. I don't know about you, but patience is not really my strength. Like right now, you know, Halo Infinite is released, and I want to play it so bad, the loading screens are like, they're driving me crazy. You know, like they're just driving me, is it just me? Do they, do they feel longer than like, the, they really do. <laughs> they feel longer. Like I wasn't a big fan of Halo 5, but like the loading screens were short, like praise God. Like so I'm like, I'm not the most patient. We all got our gifts, right? And I'm not the most patient when it comes to video games. And most gamers, I feel like probably are not. The most patient. I mean, some of us used to be summit punching our monitors, smashing our controllers. Like, the gamer rage can be real. And we can be really impatient with other players. Like, we'll get into a quick play playing Valorant or, or Rainbow Six Siege or whatever it might be. And we can just start raging at people and yelling at people. But the reality is, like, we don't know. Like, dude, that guy just started playing and he's seven. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, we just start getting so impatient with people. But we don't, we don't, know, the, we don't know the person on the side of the screen. Like, we, we, we can always, always, always be impatient when people don't live up to the standards we want them to, when they don't play the way we want them to, when they disappoint us. I'll be honest, I don't even like elevators because, like, they just, like, they take too long, man. Like, I, it's, too, it's, just, it's too much, okay? <laughs> I'm normally in a hurry. I don't like elevators. At times, I can not be the most patient. But I'll tell you, I'm, thank, I'm thankful that God's patient with me. Because the same frustration that I have with other people, the same reasons that people give me to be impatient are most of the same reasons I give God to be impatient with me. But he's patient. He's patient with me. He's patient with you. Read Psalm 103.8. The Lord is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger. I'm so glad God is slow to anger with me. When I screw it up, when I drop the ball big time, when I have nobody to blame except myself, when I give God every reason to be furious, he is slow to anger, slow to anger. He is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. He's patient. Every day we give God reasons to lose his patience, and every day he reminds you, he is patient with you. I know you've got things going on. Don't forget to thank him for his patience. Don't forget to thank him for his kindness towards you. Reason number six, he is generous. God is a giver. God is always looking for opportunities to give, to bless, to give towards you in every area of your life. And when we use the word generous, it doesn't just mean about money. It's talking about a heart of it is better to give away than to receive. 
it is something that I want to give. I want to bless others. And we could read scripture after scripture about how God wants to give, how God wants to give, but you got to thank God that he's generous. Read these two verses with me. James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. He's not looking for the reasons he shouldn't give to you. He's not looking to find faults. Oh, well, I want to look for some reasons why I shouldn't give you anything. Because he'd have a whole lot. But he's, you know, I'm, I'm going to give generously to you without fault. Without fault. I'm not focusing on your faults and all the reasons I shouldn't give. I'm just going to give because I'm a giver. When God gives to us, he's not even giving because we deserve the gift. He's giving because that's who he is. He's generous. It's a part of his DNA, and I will give to you without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Romans 8.32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will, he all, how will he not also, along with them, give graciously, give us all things? Now, don't abuse the word generous. This doesn't mean that God would just give you everything you need. This doesn't mean that I'm going home in a Lamborghini. Come on, somebody. But it does mean that everything that I need, he's generous to give me. Everything that you need, he is generous to give you. And I need you to remember that everything that you acquire, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every time that you get more joy, more peace, more money, more finances, more promotion, I pray and hope that the first thing you do is stop and thank him for it. Thank you, God, for being generous to me. Thank you, God, that you generously gave me life with purpose. Thank you, God, that you have been generous to me, that you've blessed me, that you've provided for me. I'm not going to focus on the things I don't have. I'm going to focus on the things that God has given me. He has been generous. Thank you, God. But he didn't just give me stuff. He gave me Jesus, who saved me from my sins, who forgave me and changed my life, and I will thank him that he's generous. I will also thank him that he is gracious. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for it is by grace, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, the gift of God, not by works, not by your own performance, so we could brag and boast about how good we are. We have been forgiven, have been given eternal life in heaven because of his grace, because of what he did for us. And every day, I need to thank him for his grace. I need to thank him for Jesus. Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. I don't deserve your grace. Well, if I don't deserve it, I better thank him for it. I better thank him for it every day. As I wake up, God, thank you that I have been forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. Thank you, Jesus, that you saved me. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for giving me what I don't deserve. Thank you for giving me joy that I don't deserve. Thank you for giving me peace that I don't deserve. Thank you for giving me what I, won't, what I don't deserve. But we also better thank him, not that he's just gracious, but thank him that he is merciful. Merciful. God's grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. But God's mercy is not giving you what you do deserve. Read this verse with me. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. 
Because of the Lord's great love, I don't get what I deserve. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His mercies are new every single day. Every time we sin, there is a consequence for that sin. But every time we sin, if we've been forgiven because we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, every single time we sin, mercy resets. I won't give you what you deserve. I will give you my mercy. I will give you my kindness. I will give you my compassion. You know, I think about the very, very, like the really old original Nintendo NES systems. For a while in the old consoles, there was a very specific button that we don't really see nowadays, the reset button. Nowadays, you just get the on and off, and you can't, you can't even, like, press it. That's just a touch screen. I want the satisfying feeling of the press. You know what I mean? Put an amen in the chat if you agree. It's just my personal opinion. But there was a very specific button that we don't get anymore, the reset button. And when the game would freeze or the console wasn't acting the way that it should, reset. Ten minutes later, <laughs> break again, reset. No matter how many times it didn't act the way it was supposed to, we could always rely on the reset. I've come to tell you, some of you in Jesus' name, no matter how many times you fall short, no matter how many times you sin, no matter how many times you give God reason to not love you, his mercy hits that reset button, and his mercies are new every morning, every day, and we got to thank him. God, thank you that you don't give me what I deserve. Thank you that there is a wrath and a punishment that is due to my sin that I will never get because of your mercy. Thank you that Jesus, although I deserve that punishment for my sin, thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you have forgiven me. God's grace gives me what I don't deserve, but his mercy gives me, doesn't give me what I do deserve. Last two things, ninth thing we have to thank God for. Of course, we have many, many, many things we can thank God for. He's a pursuer. I mean, I can think of so many times in my life, and maybe you too. I mean, I was doing things in my life, living styles of sin, where God should have run 10 million miles away from me. But even when I turned my back on him, he kept pursuing me. He kept drawing me closer. He kept drawing me into a relationship with him. He kept pulling me closer. He kept pursuing me, even when I kept rejecting him, even when I kept ignoring the little signs in my life that God was trying to show me, I'm a better way. If you keep going down this path, it's just going to lead to destruction. But there are moments where sometimes we don't get it. And sometimes God's like, I don't want you to have to fall on your face to learn this lesson. I want you to draw close to me. I want to show him a better way. But sometimes if that's what it needs to be, I'm going to be with you the entire time. I'm going to keep pursuing you. And I'm not going to wait until you get your act together for me to love you and for me to pursue you. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, Romans 5.8. Because, wait, I'm sorry, this is the wrong verse. Actually, you know what? It is the whole wrong verse. Yeah, there it is. Romans 5 right there. My notes are wrong. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. While I was still in sin, he pursued me. While I was living a lifestyle completely against God, he pursued me. 
I want some of you to hear today. You're watching this right now. You don't even know if you believe in God. You mock God. You hate God. You make fun of God. And all while doing that, he's pursuing you. Well, I don't really think God's pursuing me. He brought you here today to hear this message. He brought you here today so you could hear how much he loves you, how much he cherishes you. He is pursuing you because he loves you. And he's not waiting until you get your act together. So many people think that Christianity is all about, well, I got to stop cussing and then, and then I can join the discord. <laughs> no. Come as you are right now. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to condemn you. Honestly, I wish we had more people that would swear in the discord. Not because I want you to start swearing, but that means that we got a lot of people who don't know Jesus who would join the discord and be themselves and we'll love them. I wish we had some more people in the discord who don't talk the way I talk, who don't think the way I think. I want some more people who are far from God being a part of our church. And if people who are far from God don't feel comfortable in our church, we might need to look at ourselves and say, well, what, what am I doing to get in the way of God pursuing people? I want our church to be a place where people know, no matter who I am, what I've done, God's love is for me. God changes people. I can't change them. God transforms people. I can't transform them. My job is to love them and to teach them what the Bible says. I can't do anything more than that. Jesus sat around the table with people who swore. He sat around the, around the table with people who were different. Why? Because Jesus pursued people. He didn't wait around for them to come to him. He went to where they were at. He pursued them. And I need you to thank Jesus that he pursued you. We have so, so many reasons to thank him. We got to thank him that he's holy, that he's all-knowing, that he's a purpose giver, that he's a way maker, that he is patient, generous, gracious, merciful. He's a pursuer. But lastly, I want you to thank him that he is mine. Thank Jesus that he's yours. Thank Jesus that he is yours and you are his. Do you wake up in the morning and say, God, thank you that I'm your child? Do you go to bed at night, God, thank you that even though I fell short today, I'm still a part of your family? Do you ever thank God on a regular basis that he has invited you to be a part of his family. Read this final verse with me before we pray. John 1, 12. Yet to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now let me read that verse again because I want to tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say yet to all who started going to church it doesn't say yet to all who finally finished the, the Bible, finally finished the whole thing. It doesn't say to those who stopped watching porn. It doesn't say to those who finally stopped cussing. It says to those who received him, those who believed in his name. He gave them the right to become children of God. I want to build a church where people every single day they thank God because they're his children. They thank God because he's our heavenly father. He is gracious, he is kind, but he is also mine. 
He's my God. He's not just some big God up in the sky that we all are following or that we all get to talk about. No, no, he's, he's my God. He's your God. The Holy Spirit is living in me. He's not just in all of us. He's also in me. He's in you. He is mine, and I am his. We have relationship. He's not a guy that, I'll, that, I'll, that I know of and that I'll talk to when I die. No, no, no. He's mine today. He's yours today. We are his children, and he has graciously invited us to be part of his family. And so, as we've gone through 10 reasons to thank God, here's the deal. For some of you, these were a lot of things that maybe you didn't know about God before. For some of you, these were 10 things that you knew, but maybe you've forgotten. But if we'll be really honest, these 10 things for a lot of us were things that we knew, but we've taken for granted taken for granted. I don't know about you, but many times in my life I've taken for granted or not thank him for the fact that he's holy. I've taken for granted or not thank him for the fact that he's all-knowing and that although the things he knows about me should make him not love me, yet he loves me anyway. When was the last time you thanked him for the fact that he knows everything about you? When was the last time you thanked him he gave you a purpose? Even if you haven't discovered it. He has given you a purpose and is taking you on a journey to find it. When was the last time you thanked him for it? When was the last time you thanked him he's a way maker? When was the last time you thanked him in advance that he's a continuous way maker? When was the last time you actually verbalized, God, I don't even know what you're going to do next for me, but I'm already going to thank you for it anyway because I know that you're consistent. I know that you're good. So God, thank you in advance that you're about to make a way in my life. When was the last time you thanked him that he's patient? When was the last time you thanked him that he's patient with you? We give God reasons all the time to be impatient. The Bible says he's slow to anger. When was the last time you thanked him that he's slow to anger? When was the last time you thanked him that he's been generous to you? When was the last time you thanked him for it? When was the last time you woke up in the morning and said, God, thank you that you gave me Jesus. Thank you that you saved me from my sins. You might know it, but when was the last time you thanked him for it? When was the last time you thanked him that he's gracious? When was the last time you thanked him he's gracious? That you thanked him for the fact that he gives you what you don't deserve? When was the last time you said those words, God, thank you for giving me what I don't deserve? When was the last time you thanked him for his mercy? Becoming so keenly aware that every day, God doesn't give me what I do deserve. When was the last time you thanked him? He hit that reset button. I fell short, but God, thank you for your mercy yet again. When was the last time you thanked him that he pursued you? People say all the time, I found Jesus. No, you didn't. He found you. He was searching. He was searching. He found you. He pursued you. The Bible says that we can only come to the Father unless he draws us. He drew you. He pursued you because he loved you. But when was the last time you thanked him for it? That when your back was turned to him, he found you. And when was the last time you thanked him that he's yours? That he's yours. And so what I want to do is, I always love to put the Bible into practice. I don't just want to talk about it. But I just want to take a minute. All of us. Just take a minute. And to just give ourselves the opportunity just to thank God. Just to thank God. 
So I want to encourage you. Maybe it's one of these 10 things. Maybe it's one of the million of reasons that we have to thank God that we didn't even talk about. And maybe you just want to take a minute in your own way, in your own time, just to thank God. So I encourage you as we pray, thank God for the things he's done for you. Jesus, today we just, we acknowledge that God studying the Bible isn't even always about finding some new deep truth that we didn't know before. Sometimes God is just being reminded of the basics. And God, for many of us, like I said, these are, these are things that maybe they didn't know. But for a lot of us, these are things that we've either forgotten or have just straight up taken adv- advantage and granted for. God, we, re- we repent of the moments where we have been given such a beautiful gift from you, but we haven't thanked you for it. But today, God, we come before you as grateful people. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. God, we thank you today for your holiness. Thank you that, God, it's not our dirtiness that makes you dirty. Thank you that it's your holiness that makes us clean. So thank you, God, because of your holiness and because of what Jesus has done for us, we have been made whole, we've been made clean. Thank you for your holiness, God. Thank you that you are absolutely perfect. We thank you, God, that you are all-knowing. We thank you that despite the things that we've done that you know, you know the deepest thoughts of our hearts. We thank you that, God, even despite that, you still love us. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you know us and still love us. Thank you that, God, you've given us a purpose. Thank you, God, that for every single person on the sound of my voice, you have given all of us a purpose. I pray for those that are still searching and trying to figure out, God, what's the next step for my life? I pray that, God, you would meet them where they're at. But remind them, even if they haven't found it yet, they do have one. Because, God, you're a purpose giver. Thank you, Lord, that you're a way maker. Thank you that for all the miracles that people in our church and in the gaming community need, thank you that you're able to meet them. Thank you that you're able to meet our needs. And thank you, God, in advance that you've already got another miracle around the corner. We thank you, that God, you're making a way where there is no way. Thank you, God, that you're patient. Thank you, Jesus, that even though time and time and time and time and time again, we fall short. Thank you that you're, you're just patient with us. You're patient with us. God, I know that there are many people here that have been struggling with the same thing over and over and over again. Some people have been falling into the same sin for a long time and they're, they're still trapped trying to get out. And God, although, yes, you want us to flee from those sins and live a lifestyle of freedom, I pray that you would remind them today that even though, yes, God, it's been a long time, you're still patient. You're still patient. God, we thank you that you're generous. Thank you that, God, we can come to you knowing that you have our best interest in mind and that you're always for us. It doesn't mean that we'll always get everything we want, but it means we'll get everything that we need. We thank you for your generosity. We thank you that you're gracious. Thank you that, God, the fact that we are forgiven isn't something that we earned because, God, if we had to earn it, we wouldn't be able to. It's a standard too high. It's an accomplishment that none of us could ever achieve. So thank you that, God, we're saved by grace, not by our performance. We thank you, God, that you're merciful. 
God, we're so grateful that you don't give us what we do deserve. Thank you that we get to live in freedom, that we get to live with joy, we get to live with peace, that we get to live with purpose, we get to live with all the amazing things that we're describing about you. God, all the things that you show us, those are all things we don't deserve for you to give us. But thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the great mercy of God. We thank you that you pursued us. Jesus, we wouldn't know where we are, where we'd be without you. We don't know where we'd be without you, God. Thank you that even when we weren't even thinking about you, you were chasing after us. And Lord, lastly, we thank you that you are ours. Thank you that we've been invited to be children of God. Thank you that you've invited us to be part of your family. We honor you and thank you for it. That's why we give our lives right back to you, God, because you first gave your life to us. Thank you that you love us. But God, I pray that we would not just talk about this list or talk about thanking God and let it be something we do once a year. God, may a heart of gratitude and a thankful life, may it be a lifestyle that, God, we take on to always continue to thank you, to thank you, to thank you for what you have done for us. Jesus, we just, we love you. We love you. And we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for all of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. I know there might be some of you watching right now and maybe all this is new to you. Maybe you've never been to church. Maybe you've never really heard about God. Maybe you've never heard what's called the gospel, the story of Jesus. The fact that Jesus came down to this earth, lived a perfect life because he is also holy lived a perfect life, and died on the cross. Why? So that he would pay the penalty for our sins. And three days later, rose from the grave, showcasing that he is God, that he is greater than we are, and that he offers forgiveness to you. And I want to tell you, like we talked about, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Jesus is offering his forgiveness to you. He wants to give you that peace. He wants to take away your shame. He wants to give your life purpose. He wants to give you fulfillment. I promise you, following Jesus is the best thing we can ever do. And today, it's as simple as just receiving. It's not about going to church several times. It's not about reading the whole Bible. It's not about stopping the sins you're doing. It's about simply acknowledging, Jesus, I want to follow you. And I'll invite some of you to make the most important decision you've ever made. It's one that has changed our lives. It's simply saying yes to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if that's you today, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. It's one we pray every week as we celebrate more and more people saying yes to follow Jesus. And if that's you, pray this prayer as you talk to God and make a decision to follow him. Pray this with me. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. And I ask you today, God, to forgive me of all my sins and to be my Lord and my Savior. Help me, God, to follow you and to love you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, will you put your hands together, put some Jesus hype in the chat. Hey, we want to say a huge congratulations to many of you that we are praying and believing that right now, just for the first time ever, have made a decision to say yes to follow Jesus. I promise you, it is the best decision you will ever make. And here's the deal. We want to give you some resources because I know you got a lot of questions. You just began a new relationship with God and you're wondering, what is that? So here's the deal. We're going to go ahead and put an exclamation point next level in the chat. If you could, click that link 
and fill that form out with as much information as you feel comfortable. We just want to have some of our pastors just reach out to you. We don't want to spam you with things. We just want to encourage you. We want to resource you and really just congratulate you, but also resource you on like, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean for people to take a next step reading the Bible, getting involved in church. What is water baptism all about? Which is a next step after following Jesus. We want to help walk alongside you and help you understand that. But also, if you'd be brave, if you prayed that prayer today for the first time, would you go ahead and spam yes in the chat? We want to go ahead and just celebrate with you because we are believing and asking God to continue to reach gamers all around the world every single week. And this is one of the most important things that we do, friends is seeing lives being changed, seeing gamers come to know Jesus, and none of that would be made possible if it was not for your financial generosity. Thank you, thank you so much to those that are supporting God Squad Church, whether it's on a one-time or recurring donation basis. We want to say thank you. Our financial giving is not just something that we do because it needs to get done. It's something that we do out of our true heart of appreciation for God. My wife and I give, we give because I love Jesus. We give because he's given first to me. We give because I'm grateful that he saved me and I want to live out my purpose. And part of my purpose that God invites all of us is not just to believe that God makes a way, but sometimes that God wants to make a way through you and through me. I get to be a part of financially supporting this church. I get to be a part of saying, God, use my life, use my time, my talent, but also use my treasure so that I can support more and more gamers getting to hear the story of Jesus like I do. So I want to say thank you. Maybe today's your first time trusting God in your finances. I want to encourage you to do so. It is the best thing that we can do aside from following Jesus. So I want to encourage you, every single one of you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But no matter how much you're giving, God bless you as you give. Here at God's Watch Church, there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can give by clicking on the panel below to give a one-time or monthly donation via card or PayPal. You can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com slash give and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. Because of you, we are able to share the gospel with gamers around the world. No matter what amount you're giving, thank you for your generosity.